Welcome to Drinks and a Show. I am Cassie and this is a podcast where I discuss the plot of a musical with someone who has not seen that show and hopefully by the end of it, they'll love it. Don't forget to give the show a follow on its social medias on Instagram and Twitter. The handle is DrinkShowPod. So we are doing quite a 180 compared to the last two episodes of Phantom and Love Never Dies. This week I am doing The Rocky Horror Show. And my guest will be my partner, Alexi, who has managed to go his whole life with only ever knowing the time warp from this. So this is going to be a bit of an experience for him, which to be fair, I feel like we all went through the same kind of what the experience when maybe watching Rocky Horror for the first time. So let's get into it. And as always, spoilers ahead. Hey, Alexi, welcome to Drinks and a Show. Hey, Cass, thank you for having me. That's okay. How are you going? What are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking um, Carlton Draft. Very fancy. Mm, yum, yum, yum. What are you drinking, Cassie? I'm drinking a Brown Brothers Moscato. I know, basic guys. Okay, so the audience knows what you like to drink, but what do you like to watch musical wise? <laughs> what do I like to watch? Yeah. Uh,. <laughs> Um, whatever you take me to, <laughs> Hamilton was good, and I only have room in my brain for that. Really, I, I can't think of. I couldn't. I can't think, name another one. Okay, well, lucky here, I do have written because I assumed you would forget how you were in that musical Pirates of Penzance in high school. Oh yeah, yeah. I made them cut out all the singing parts, so I forgot it was a musical. Yeah. So you've starred in Pirates of Penzance, but Hamilton's heaps better than that, yeah? Yeah, Pirates of Penzance, uh, the 2010 production at Upway High School, is probably not the, the pinnacle of musical theatre, but it was close. It was probably what inspired Lin-Manuel to go on to do what he did. So would you say you love musicals? No, I tolerate musicals when I am required to. Oh, I saw I saw one in America. I saw Evil Dead the musical. That was pretty cool. You loved it. I would say that I loved it. Um, it helped that they gave out free alcohol the whole time. So that's what you'd prefer, like a cabaret show. Yeah, and it had blood. And if you sat too close, you got covered in blood. And all the people there were just quoting along with it because they'd seen it so many times. So I hated that part, but I liked watching it. Oh, did you hate uh, audience participation? Yes. So Rocky Horror Show, you've never seen it before. Is that correct? No, yeah, no, I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. So is there any idea of what you think it could be about? No, I know that it's at the end of Wayne's World. They sing the Monster Mash, and I think that's from Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. Okay, I don't know anything about it. (laughs) I don't know. I always thought it was from Rocky Horror Picture Show. For the fans out there, it's been a while since I've done this. I'm going to give you three bad descriptions of shows. One of them is Rocky Horror. The other two are other actual musicals. And going based on these bad descriptions, you can guess which one applies to the one we're about to do. All right, number one, we've got Seeing Dead People, the musical. Number two, 
Frankenstein, but make it slutty. Number three, lead singer of rock band Communism and Castration. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I hope it's Frankenstein, but sexy. That's correct. So number one, seeing Dead People, the musical, is Beetlejuice, episode 13 of Drinks and a Show. And number three, lead singer of rock band and communism and castration is Hedwig and the Angry Inch. My two second and third most favourite musicals in the world. Right behind Hamilton, yeah. Yeah, right behind, right behind Hamilton and Evil Dead, the cabaret show. <laughs> yeah. All right, give you a background of the stage show. Music and lyrics are by Richard O'Brien and it was written in 1973. Richard O'Brien also played Riff Raff, a character in the show. The movie came out in 1975. It started on stage in London in 1973, closed in 1980, wasn't on Broadway for a long time, but has travelled around the world a lot. It's even been to Australia like a million times. The show is fun and encourages a lot of audience participation which makes it more than just a night out to the theatre. Sounds awful. <laughs> I'm not excited. I'll explain at the end how the audience participation came to be. So you ready to get into the Rocky Horror Show? I'm excited. I'm excited. There you are. We start off with the Usherette singing the song Science Fiction Double Feature, and that's our introduction song. Now you like science fiction, don't you? <laughs> I like fantasies set in sci-fi, in science-y themes like Star Wars. It's not actually a sci-fi, it's a fantasy, so yeah. You do like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. Man in the back said everyone attacked and it turned into a ballroom blitz. No, that's the song. Ballroom Blitz. That's from Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's an actual song that was released on the pop charts. In the movie when science fiction double feature is playing, it's got the lips of the actress who plays Magenta, Patricia Quinn. But what I found out, it's not even Patricia Quinn singing, it's actually Richard O'Brien. So Riff Raff is singing. And but you just assume your mind just automatically associates it with it being a female voice because you just see these nice female lips. That's just something I thought was a fun fact. Much like people wouldn't have known that that was me saying that last few sentences. So um, I've given you your character sheet and the song list. I've highlighted the ones that I enjoy. Yeah, great. I'm looking forward to science fiction double feature. No, we've done that one. That had King Kong in it. And um, I think I know Sweet Trans... No, Time Warp. I know Time Warp. I've heard Time Warp before. So after that, um, our introduction song, we see Brad and Janet who are driving from their friend's wedding. And Brad sings, damn it. Janet and proposes to Janet which of course Janet says yes so yeah that's his song of proposing to Janet which obviously who wouldn't say yes after a man sings a song about you haha hint hint I'm not singing a song about you (laughs) so we also have a narrator that we have talked to the crowd throughout Um, he says that these two lovebirds are heading to Dr Everett Scott their former science tutor and it is horrible stormy weather that causes them to get a flat tire. So they need to get a telephone. So they see a castle nearby. They're like, well, let's go to this place and see if they've got a telephone. And we have the song over at the Frankenstein place. 
Yeah, and the main ca- I've seen this I've seen this bit. Um, the main character has glasses. The main character being the guy who just proposed. He has glasses. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Brad has glasses. Yeah. So I do know something about this play. Does that come into the plot? Not really. So that's them just walking to the castle where it's raining. And so she's got like a newspaper over her head. So this is the part where someone from the crowd would say, get an umbrella, you cheap bitch. And that's the kind of stuff they yell out to it. Hilarious. You did smile a bit. (laughs) I'm smiling at you. Not the content. <laughs> so they knock on the castle door and they're greeted by Riff Raff, who invites them in. And we see Columbia, Magenta and Riff Raff. So for those who don't know and don't have a character sheet in front of them, like Alexi does, you have Riff Raff and Magenta who are siblings and they're like housekeepers to this castle. And then Columbia um, is titled as a groupie. So it is mentioned that the master of the house is hosting an affair. However, Eddie will not be able to join them as he has fallen victim to unfortunate circumstances after stuffing up a delivery. This is probably something you didn't expect. This then goes into the iconic song. Monster Mash. Time Warp. Yeah. And everyone dances. Obviously, even the audience will be dancing at this point, which if you were seeing it, I reckon you'd get up and dance. I imagine that this is an acceptable place to to get out of your seat. At this song, yes. Yes, and no other occasions. (laughs) So you knowing Time Warp beforehand, what did you ever think the context of it was? I just assumed it was about time travel. I always pictured like old Doctor Who episodes. They all do the time warp and it kind of freaks Janet out and she wants to leave. And then as they try to leave, they're stopped by the master of the house, Doctor. Frank Inferta, which I'm sure you know what he looks like because we've all seen Tim Curry in the Rocky Horror Get Up. I didn't know Tim Curry was in this. What do you know him from if not Rocky Horror? He's in a lot of things. A scary movie too, obviously. Being Yep, that'd be probably my favourite, second favourite movie. Uh, yeah, maybe? Yep, yep. Totally seen, I'm sure. Yeah, no, not terrified of horror movies. Definitely have seen It. Uh yeah, he's in a lot of things. I'm pretty sure pretty sure he's like a hotel manager in eighty seven movies. So yeah, I know him. And I'm pretty sure that he wears uh tights in this. Yeah, fishnet. Yeah, fishnets. Yeah, so you know what he looks like? He's wearing his corset, his fishnets, and he's got his face all done. Yeah. And his name is also in I don't know if you mentioned this, Dr. Frankenfurter, which I actually knew. Yeah, that's the first thing I said. Yep. Yep, and he's renowned for his decadence and self-indulgence. So he's a master of the house. He is just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania, which has the song Sweet Transvestite. Dr. Frank, as I might refer to him moving forward, I don't know, I'll probably change it, maybe just Frank. He is a cross-dressing pansexual mad scientist. And Brad's like, oh, hey, like, thanks for letting us in, but we just want to use your phone. You know, our car broke down. We'll get out of your head really soon. And then that's when Frank's like, how about y'all just stay here the night and invites them up to his lab. The staff of the house start undressing Brad and Janet because, you know, their clothes are wet. You know, you don't want to be wet clothes. So they go down to their underwear. He gives them lab coats because what else do you wear in a lab if not – a lab coat. It's a very good observation you've made there. 
And so Frank's like, you know, we don't usually have guests where we have to offer hospitality. And Brad's like, you know, you don't have to. We literally just want to use the phone. And you've just refused to offer us that. Frank's like, oh, very manly, isn't he, Janet? And then what Frank wants to do, he wants to show them that he has discovered the key to life and all due to a small accident and the staff, uh, Riff Raff Magenta Columbia, like, an accident? And he goes, yes, an accident. Anyways, let's reveal this perfect creature. And the lights go crazy in the theater. And then we are revealed to Rocky, the namesake of the show. Wait, there's a Rocky in this show? Yeah, a show. Wow. Rocky is the perfect human specimen, heaps of muscles, and a six pack, wearing like a gold speedo throughout it. So Dr. Frank has created him, kind of like how Frankenstein would be. Yeah, like in the image. Yeah, like in like in my image, he made him. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably why I'm only wearing speedos today as well, Cass. Yeah, now you understand why I got you to only wear gold speedos. Yeah, I was. I mean, (laughs) normally I just wear red ones, but you said gold, and I said, okay, let's do this. (laughs) Rocky sings a song, sort of Damocles, possibly. Citation needed. And he's, like, freaking out for being alive, you know. Just, like, if a baby crying could talk, that is what he is saying, pretty much, singing. Oh, that was that was Rocky singing. Right. And that was his first words. Yeah. Wow. So Frank introduces Rocky to everyone. And Riff Raff is like, yeah, he's a credit to mine. I mean, your genius. And Columbia's like, yeah, like, he's okay. And Frank's like, just okay. And then takes it over to like Brad and Janet and was like, Janet, what do you think? And she's like, well, I don't really like my men with too many muscles and like grabs it like Brad, which we hope he's not really self-conscious about. And then Frank's like, well, he isn't made for you, Janet. He's made to the Charles Atlas approval. And he sings a song, I Can Make You a Man, which do you know who Charles Atlas is? Because I had no idea I had to look it up. Yep, holds the world on his shoulders. He's a famous bodybuilder from like the late 1800s. Yeah. Uh, no, this is just Atlas, the Greek god. Yep. I presume it's very similar. He talks about how Rocky's body is perfect, like Charles Atlas. And then we are interrupted by Eddie, which you recall Eddie being mentioned earlier. Yes, the delivery man. Yeah. Look, I didn't even check the notes. Yeah, and he had an unfortunate incident happen to him. He's come out. And he's got surgical scars all over his like face. And he sings the song Hot Patootie. Hot Patootie can also be called What Happened to Saturday Night. Huge fan, by the way. Definitely a highlighted song of mine. In the stage production and in the movie, sung by Meatloaf. So you know it's going to slap. So any thoughts on the music so far? You have been bopping along to it. I really struggle to follow along with lyrics in musicals. <laughs> so... I'm really folk trying to focus on what's going on, but you know it's got some some jam to it. That was Meatloaf, you know he's was can do some stuff, sing some songs, Bat Out of Hell, other songs that he does. He might have been in Wayne's World. I do like it. You just find it hard to whether to listen to the music or the lyrics. I'm assuming you 
I just struggle to like follow. I I forget that you in musicals they like telling stories and stuff. So he's singing that he is a biker, a motor one. He's there to take Columbia away because him and Columbia had a little thing going on, and he gets chased out by Frank with a chainsaw. We hear pretty much off stage that Frank is killing him with the chainsaw, and like Columbia is absolutely devastated. Rocky. You know, Rocky, the gorgeous one. Mm-hmm. It's like, who is that man? He is ugly. And Frank comes back out and he goes, yeah, you know, we had more of a mental relationship. So we know that not only has Eddie been with Columbia, also been with Frank. Everybody banging everybody. So we then go into the reprise of I Can Make You a Man slash the Charles Atlas song. And... Janet is even getting entranced by how Rocky looks. And that's how the first act ends, only with one death. Wow, you're implying that there might be more. (laughs) Well, it is a Rocky horror show. I'm sure you're wondering where the horror comes in. Oh, yeah. I've never really thought about the name. Not until I said Rocky from the title. Yeah, and then horror. Yeah. Mm, Made it very clear. Anything that you expected? Any guesses of what you think might happen? Um, oh, look, I knew that they wore um, erotic clothing and that was it. So, you know, everything. Oh, it's interesting, I guess. <laughs> I don't, all they've done is go into a room and someone's been cut with a chainsaw. So, like, not a heaps really going on. Everyone seems to like it, though, so you know, that's good. Yeah, I don't know. It's inclusion, it's good. So any predictions of what you think is going to happen, even though you're like, nothing's happened, so I don't really know what to predict. Yeah, I just, you know, you've you've implied that a lot of people are going to die. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming that it'll be like Frankenstein and the hot dude will start killing people and then he'll be trapped in a tra- tower and people will burn him to death. All right, kill, sex, marry. You've got Frankenfurter, Rocky and Brad. Go. Frankenfurter, Rocky and Brad. Um, I'm going to murder, uh, Rocky cause he's effectively a baby. Um, and I don't want to bang a baby. You can put that in the show. Um, I'll bang, uh, I'll bang Frankenfurter because I feel like he knows what's going on up there and down there. And I guess I'll marry Brad. He's probably got a job and stuff. Bit of security. Cool. That's great to know. You ready to get into act two? I can't wait. So we see Janet in bed. So her and Brad have been put in their own separate bedrooms. She is like, oh, Brad. And we hear his voice from under the doona blanket for anyone else who's not Australian near her nether regions and you like seeing it move on stage down there. And she's like enjoying it. And she's like, oh, Brad. And then like looks under the blanket and sees it's actually Frank. And she's like, no, no, I'm saving myself for Brad. And he's like, are you sure you want to? I promise I won't tell. This is a little problematic. Continue. And then she's like, okay, only if you promise not to tell Brad. And they make sweet, sweet love consensually. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Okay. It came around. I'm a little worried about how they got there, but continue. <laughs> we then cut to Brad's bed, who is making love to Janet, when he realizes it's actually Frank wearing a wig. <laughs> I don't know why it's funny in that situation, but it seems to be. Frank's like, oh, come on. You loved it. I promise not to tell her. And he goes, all right, well, if you promise not to tell Janet. 
so they continue making love. Sweet. So it is then announced by Riff Raff that Rocky has escaped. Janet's walking around looking for Brad after her little lovemaking sesh with Frank. She's kind of feeling bad and just wants to fill the arms and embrace all of her fiancé, but instead she finds Rocky. And Rocky's saying how he's so scared and he can't stop thinking about Eddie. Hey, Janet, do you actually not like muscles? And then Janet's like, Rocky, you know, I'm just feeling bad right now. Like, it felt so good, but I can't believe I did that to Brad. And then while they're in the lab, she goes over to the monitor and then there's actually like cameras in every room and she sees that Brad is actually in bed with Frank. You know what that means. She's going to bang the baby, isn't she? Yeah. So we have the song, Touch a Touch a Touch a Touch Me, which she's singing to Rocky. I like that song because the lyrics aren't fighting with the mu- with the instruments and I could follow it. And it was a little hot. So in that song, she's saying how she was a verge and wants Rocky to touch a touch a touch her and they head off stage to go make love. In comes Frank trying to punish Riff Raff for losing Rocky, like a whip going after him. And then they're like, all right, let's check the monitor and see what's going on. And then that's when they see Rocky is with Janet making love. And in comes Brad and he sees the same thing. And then he's like, I can't believe she's done this to me. It is so over between us. And then he sings the song once in a while, which a fun fact about this song, in the stage show, not in the movie, because this one's kind of very like he's ballad. And they thought in the movie, well, that doesn't go with anything, so we're just going to exclude it. Reminds me of Sweet Caroline. I liked it, though. I really did. Yeah, that's my sort of jam. So after he sings this song to himself, he goes, well, I'm hoping Janet will come back after all this. And then Frank comes in and he's like, well, look what your baggage has done to my innocent Rocky. And now Riff Raff is looking at the monitor and goes, "Uh, we've got a visitor. And Brad goes and looks and he goes, Dr. Everett Scott, you know, the person him and Janet are originally going to go meet or their car broke down. Yes, I remember that very clearly. So Riff Raff is like to Brad, you know this earthling? And Frank cracks his whip and Riff Raff goes, I mean, you know this person? And Brad's confused. He goes, yeah, of course I know him. Like He's just a science teacher. And Frank's like, what, you're telling me you don't know that he obviously works at the FBI studying UFOs? And Brad goes, huh, Dr. Scott? And so Dr. Scott has decided to let himself into their castle, which also, by the way, Dr. Scott is paraplegic and in a wheelchair. Well, this is such an accessible movie full of representation. And Frank demands that all three guests are to do a floor show that he will direct. So the three guests being Brad, Janet, and now Dr. Scott. Dr. Scott comes in, and in the room we have Brad, Frank, Columbia, and Magenta. And he goes, Brad, what are you doing here? And Frank's like, don't act dumb, Dr. Scott. You sent him here to check out the castle. And Dr. Scott goes, no, Brad being here is a huge surprise to me. And Frank kind of starts implying that Dr. Scott is actually a Nazi scientist. I call him Dr. Von Scott. Brad goes, what are you saying by that? And Brad's holding like a metal object and Dr. Scott goes, what are you holding, Brad? Hmm, looks to be something not from this planet. And then in comes Rocky and Janet 
and they all greet each other. They say each other's names like over and over again. You have like Brad, Janet, Rocky, Dr. Scott. And it goes to that like four times. Iconic scene in the movie. Very funny. Oh, it sounds hilarious and something I'd love to see. I'm guessing they're aliens. When Frank says Rocky's name, Rocky's pretty rude to him. He's like, get fucked or something like that. Frank is doing the classic toxic parent. I brought you into this world. I can take you out of it. Kind of nonsense. And Dr. Scott goes, well, I'm actually here to get Eddie because Eddie's actually my nephew. And that's kind of like a, what? And he knew that Eddie was in with a bad crowd, but he wasn't expecting that crowd to be dun, dun, aliens. Oh, my goodness. Wowee. And Eddie's also been cut up with a chainsaw. Yeah. Dr. Scott sings the song Eddie's Teddy where he's explaining that Eddie was a black sheep of the family and he told Dr. Scott to help him with Dr. Frank right before he had gone missing. So that's why Dr. Scott came looking for Eddie. So Columbia also joins in to say how much she loved Eddie and Frank's like, oh, well, good news. You want Eddie? I've got Eddie for you right here. And then throws like pieces of Eddie's dead body at them. Well, well no. Who threw him? Frank. Frank and Ferdinand. Yeah. Frank was probably doing some weird sex shit with them. Probably. Everyone's freaking out. They're all like, ah, what the fuck? And Frank uses a device that makes Dr. Scott's wheels not move and has Janet, Brad, and Rocky's legs not be able to move. Dr. Scott knows what a sonic transducer is, and that's what they're saying they're going to use. And it is a device that can break down solid matter and project it through space and probably time too. Very Doctor Who. Literally, this is what teleporting is. Yeah. Frank Riffraff um, is saying that they're going to use this sonic transducer on these people and Rocky. Yes, because um, transporters, in theory, um, break down um, the matter into individual particles and then recreate those particles on the other side. So really, when you um, travel through a, a transporter, is it you coming out the other side, a teleporter? Is it you coming out the other side, or is it a, a different person completely? We, we really don't know. Yep, so you definitely understand Rocky Horror Show now due to that information. And then Janet kind of understands like what those words mean she goes whoa is he gonna send us to another planet and then frank sings a song planet shmanet janet (laughs) it's like poetry i like it what happens is riffraff sprays the people who are stuck to the ground with a gasp to knock them out and frank's like all right let's get them ready for the floor show i'm happy to direct and columbia's like are you kidding me first you leave me for eddie then you have rocky but now you just dispose of everyone when you're done with them, when you get what you need from them. And so we find out that Columbia actually did love Frank at one point. In return, Riffraff sprays her with gas also. Now she's going to be part of the floor show. Great. And then Frank says, man, I regret putting half of Eddie's brain into Rocky. What? Half of Eddie's brain into Rocky? I don't know if you recall earlier, Frank said, oh, it was a mental relationship with Eddie. So he took what he liked from Eddie and put it in the body of Rocky. Wow. But you did say Eddie had scars on his face. It's all coming together like a perfect puzzle. Magenta, who actually does play a bigger part in this, but I just haven't really been mentioning her. She asks when they're going back to their home planet since now they've been founded out by humans. 
And Frank's like, oh, I'm gentle. I will reward you for being loyal. She's like, I don't want a reward. Like, I literally just said what I wanted. And he's like, yeah, we'll just deal with that after the floor show. So we see the floor show being performed by Columbia, Rocky, Brad, and Janet. And they're singing Rose Tint My World. So all of them are all wearing corsets, fishnets. They've got bowers over them. They're all wearing lingerie females and the males so pretty much the same as what frank's been wearing the whole time in the song columbia tells the story of how everything was fine until frank got bored of her and he decided to create a muscle man rocky is still very confused as he's only seven hours old but he's enjoying his sex experiences brad is suffering inside and cries out for help but is as useless as everyone is because they're all still mentally abducted um, completely opposite, Janet is very happy with the recent events and losing her virginity. Yeah, cool. She seems like a party. Is this just for Frank's pleasure? Yeah. Cool. So then it goes into it's like a trilogy of songs. You have Rose Took My World and then it goes into Don't Dream It, Be It, which is a slow song sung by Frank where he is seducing everyone to act their primal selves. So Dr. Scott is also trying to break himself from Frank's influence and then it reveals that he too is also wearing fishnets and he starts not being able to control himself and join in the dancing. The trilogy of songs ends with a more boppy one called Wild and Untamed Thing. This is the last act of their songs and they're interrupted by Ruth Raff and Magenta. Wow, um, Riff Raff and Magenta, the brother and sister servants. Also possibly implied that there's incest between the two of them as well. Oh, nice. So it is now a mutiny and they're saying they're in charge now and they're going to return back to Transylvania. So Frank sings the song, I'm going home. Riff Raff and Magenta are like, cool, great, you got your song, but you're not coming with us. Only we're going. And Frank's like, what? And they're like, you are to remain here. And then he goes to shoot Frank with a laser beam that turns him into antimatter, which I don't know about you. I'd be very pro-matter. <laughs> you pro-matter? I am also pro-matter. When they go to shoot him, Rocky stands in front of Frank to like protect him. And he goes and moves Rocky out of the way. He's like, no, Rocky, don't do this. So instead, Columbia just jumps in front of Frank and gets shot instead. No, not Columbia. She loved Frank. And Eddie. And Eddie. And now she's been shot. Yeah. And then Riff Raff, like, okay, cool. Got more than one laser in here. Shoots Frank. And here Rocky grabs Frank and is devastated. And he tries to go and stop Riff Raff. So he gets shot. And Magenta's like, Riff Raff, I thought you actually liked them. Like, I know they liked you. And Riff Raff goes, hell no. Now, all you humans, you all leave here before I beam this house back up to the planet of transsexual in the galaxy of Transylvania. They're, like, kicked out of the castle, so very bad hospitality. And then the house is beamed away and we're left with Brad and Janet and the couple is trying to come to terms with what the heck has just happened to them. They embrace one another and it ends with the usherette from the very start singing the reprise of science fiction double feature wow so it's a happy ending except for all the people that got killed yeah what a shock 
Yeah, in a horror picture, a horror show. This isn't a picture show. You remember, this is the horror show. I thought the name was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Only the movie is called Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh. This is the Rocky Horror Show. Wow. So, thoughts on the Rocky Horror Show? Obviously not what you expected because you didn't expect anything. No, not what I expected. I'm Look, I'm very happy with the representation and the uh, inclusiveness and the sexiness and the murder. Um, all big ticks for me. Um, one character wears a maid's outfit. That's pretty cool. Um, look, I wasn't super shocked <laughs> at the ending by the time we got there. But, uh, yeah, look, it's had some decent songs. I like the slow songs the best. But I think you said they're not in the movie. Uh, one of them, the one that Brad sings, isn't. Yeah. Well, I like slow songs. So, yeah. And songs with sort of singular voices because I can actually follow along <laughs> instead of when there's more than one person singing. Um, yeah, look, it's it's very interesting. I would like to see it when no one else was around. It was just getting performed for us because I'm worried that everyone's going to be singing along and dancing and throwing spoons at the screen or whatever it is people do (laughs) at shows. Yep, so you'd watch the movie or like a filmed pro shot recording. Uh, Is this a binding statement? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Then, uh, yes, I I would watch it, yeah. Do you see how it got so popular? Is there anything like, oh, I can understand from this and this, or are you still kind of like a huh? No, I get it. It's it's like a product of its time. It, I get it. It's catchy and it's interesting. It's probably visually impressive and, yeah, it's from the 70s, so people are always going to love that shit. So the 1975 movie became a cult classic, which I can't remember if I said this earlier. You had Tim Curry, who's from the London and Broadway production. They brought him on board. Bridget O'Brien playing Riff Raff brought him on board. The studio who was producing it were like, uh, we need American actors in it. So that's why Brad and Janet got casted, who were not in the original. Right. So opening weekend did not do so well at all that it got pulled from theatres. And someone, someone from the studio was like, hey, let's just put this in the midnight movie circuit. And then that's where it became the classic that we now know it as. For those who don't know what a midnight movie is, it's where they play a non-mainstream movie at midnight for cinemas. This is where it evolved into audiences saying things after, like they said, with like the newspaper saying, get an umbrella, you chill, bitch. This just happened one night. One person just said something funny and because they would play it every weekend, just each time someone would come, something new would be yelled at the screen. And so that eventually evolved into being shown at all different things. It now happens at the stage production, not just um, showings of the movie. And it would be coming up to its 45th anniversary in 2020. And it's the longest running movie to be played as a limited release in America. Because it's been played consistently since 1975. Yeah, yeah, people would attend it wearing new costumes and try and come up with funny things, which I'm sure after 45 years, it's going to be tough. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, look, have fun. I won't be going to any midnight showings. I imagine it being successful for the that, like, alternative crowd at nighttime and yeah. stuff and 
to get pulled from the cinemas after like two days. Back then, movies were out for like a year. There was also kind of a sequel to the movie called Shock Treatment. Right. So it had Brad and Janet and they're married in it. And this is according to the IMDb description. Um, They're contestants on a game show and end up as captives instead. So it doesn't have like Richard O'Brien playing Riff Raff. It just has Richard O'Brien and they're playing another character. That's weird. So that's Rocky Horror Show. Any final thoughts on it? I'm glad you've brought it to my attention. Uh, I'm sure we will now go and watch it together and then never speak of it again. <laughs> but no, it's a, look, it's, it seems like a fun little uh, jaunt. And I'm excited to see Tim Curry do Tim Curry things. Like be a hotel manager? Yeah, I believe he's a hotel manager in, in, in a lot of things. Just Google it. All right. Well, thank you, Heath, for joining me, Alexi. You can plug anything now that you'd like. You do another podcast, correct? I do. You can catch my fantasy. If the, if there's enough crossover in between these two genres, my fantasy Australian rules football podcast, Jock Reynolds, uh, jockreynolds.com.au. And if you're listening to this, no, oh, no, it'll be over then, but you can donate to my Movember campaign. Next year, you'll find it. It'll be around. Lek Dog. Just search Lek Dog. You'll find me. All right. Thank you heaps for joining me, Alexi. Hope to have you on again. I look forward to it, my love. Thanks for listening to the Rocky Horror Show. Don't forget to give the show a follow on its social media accounts on Instagram and Twitter. The handle for both of those is Drink Show Pod. Don't forget to tell all your friends and your fam about how much you're loving this and you've just now found this new love of musicals so that they can also have the same new love of musicals. And I'll catch you all next week. Bye. Bye.